You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We are talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the relationship we have with the amazing Holy Spirit who has come to give us power and strength. Jesus promised him in uh, John chapter 7 and verse 38, He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And uh, so this is a phenomenal, phenomenal promise, and we've seen the fulfillment of it in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, how the uh, apostles and 120 people gathered together, prayed, waited for the day of Pentecost, and on the day of Pentecost, God did not let them down. He fulfilled the promise of the Holy Spirit on that day. And then uh, there was a tremendous growth in the church. Church just exploded, and there were uh, all kinds of things that happened, good and bad, lots of persecution, but also the appointing of deacons. And one of those deacons was a man named Philip. And Philip had to flee Jerusalem because of the persecution. It became so intense that he left. And so we're going to pick up here and read about what happened to Philip And it really sheds some light on this relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. Then Philip, Acts 8, 5, went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And this is not even apostle. This is just a deacon praying for people and preaching the word. And there was great joy, verse 8, very important verse. There was great joy in that city. Now nobody has yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, but there is great joy in that city because people have received the Lord. Now, Peter and John, the apostles, have remained back at Jerusalem. The persecution is not quite as great for them now because every time they have been persecuted, God stands up for them and the chief priests and the rulers begin to back off because every time they put them in jail, God lets them out and the people want to hear what they have to say. So they persecute the believers then. That's why Philip had to leave. All right, but let's go to verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, this narrative in Acts 8, more than any other place in the New Testament, shows us very clearly that our experience with the Holy Spirit comes in two events. 
There is the new birth by the Holy Spirit. Jesus compared that to a well of water inside us springing up to everlasting life. But then the rivers of living water that he spoke of in John 7, 37-39 has to do with the power of the Holy Spirit, the equipping of the Holy Spirit, rivers so that we can minister to others. And that's what we see happening on the day of Pentecost. All those people, the 120 who were in that upper room in prayer, they were already saved. They already believed. But then the baptism of the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. Now, there are two schools of thought as to when people were first born again. There are those who teach that people were not born again until the day of Pentecost. And uh, that's a strong position. There are others who believe that when Jesus was in the room after the resurrection and when he breathed on the disciples, he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And breathing on them is symbolic of God breathing the breath of life into Adam's nostrils. So you could make a case that even before Pentecost, the believers who followed Jesus closely, were already born again. He breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit, so they received uh, the power of the Holy Spirit to be born again. We'll not argue about that here because I think there's a case to be made for either position. But what is inarguable is that the power for ministry was definitely given on the day of Pentecost. You see Jesus prepping the church in that 40-day period between the resurrection and the ascension. They're not in ministry. Nobody's preaching. Nobody's casting out demons. Nobody's doing any teaching. They're not working during that time. They are prepping. Then they're waiting, and they wait for the 10 days in Jerusalem. There's a season of prayer, and then they are filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to say this. They did not make the Spirit come. The Spirit coming had nothing to do with those people. It had nothing to do with their unity. It had everything to do with the grace of God, the giving of the Holy Spirit by the Father. Jesus said that He would send the Holy Spirit when He ascended back to heaven. And so they did not make this happen. And and there are a lot of people who talk about the Holy Spirit as if somehow or another we control the flow and 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 we controlled the coming of the Holy Spirit and that's not true that our unity somehow made all this happen that is not the case they were gathered together in one accord in one place no doubt but that did not make this happen it happened because it was time it was the time on God's calendar to do this and it happened on the same day as the giving of the law of Moses These people were already baptized. They already knew Christ, and they were already experiencing great joy. Some people say that the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is great joy. If that's the case, the Samaritans already had Him because they already had great joy, but they still didn't have the Holy Spirit according to the Scripture. So these new believers received the Holy Spirit only when Peter and John came down and prayed for them. Now, there is a guy in this city, and his story actually happened earlier, but I hadn't read it yet. His name is Simon. He is a sorcerer. He has bewitched people. 
And let, let me just read to you, Acts chapter 8 and verse 9. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. In other words, obviously what Simon had done was demonic, but not supernatural in the same sense as Philip's miracles were supernatural. He didn't heal the lame and set people free. That had not happened. All right. Now, Simon did not want to give up this place of influence. Even though he had come to some kind of faith, uh, maybe it is just an exercise, uh, but you have to understand, a person can be born again and still be very carnal. Again, this is one of those things that we could debate about forever. But in verse 18, it says, When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. And that would seem that he is—he really wasn't right. Uh, but there's a case that he fell back into his old way. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. So what is it that he's told to repent of? The thought of his heart. The thought of his heart was evil, so he definitely fell back into an old habit. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. Now you see uh, two things going on in him. You see in the first place, he is being very, very carnal, wants to continue in his old ways, but then immediately he repents when Peter rebukes him and says, Pray for me that this does not happen to me. And so what we see here is this amazing thing where Christ gives the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, but we see uh, the gift continues to be given. The Holy Spirit is given. We do not hear the rushing mighty wind. We do not see the cloven tongues of fire. That was reserved for the very first manifestation on the day of Pentecost. But we do know that these believers did something. We don't know what it is exactly, but because the Scripture doesn't tell us but it is inferred that they were speaking with tongues. And that's what Simon saw. He saw something. Someone said, well, they had great joy. They already had great joy. That's recorded in, in, uh, uh, in verse 8. There was great joy in that city. So joy was not the manifestation that people looked for for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was something else. Now, what we're going to do is study all five instances in Acts where the Holy Spirit was given, and we're going to see if there's any kind of pattern. But I can say this with full assurance. There is absolutely nothing in this narrative to suggest that they did not speak with tongues. 
there is plenty to suggest that they did or at least could have. And so that is made very clear by the fact that the scripture itself says that Simon saw that when the apostles laid hands on the believers, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. How would you know that? What would you see unless there was another evidence? We're going to get into that in our remaining teaching. I'll see you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.